0: Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver. More than 65 million Americans right now are serving as a family caregiver, caring for that aging loved one, child with special needs, somebody with an addiction issue, somebody with trauma, somebody with some type of terrible diagnosis. How are you doing if you're one of those individuals? How are you holding up? What's going on with you? you're why we do the program and so we're glad that you're with us hope for the I am doing something very special today I've never done this before in the f- almost 5 years I've been on the air with American Family Radio I've never been in the studios at American Family Radio I'm here in Tupelo Mississippi and I'm thrilled to be here and get to see all these people I've been working with now for so many years but I've never met them and one of those individuals I'm very proud to uh, have today on the program is Jim Stanley he is if you have complaints about the show, he's the guy that's responsible for it. He's the one that started this. And I get him about this because he did say this, that he's either going to be considered brilliant or it's going to crash and burn when he signed me on to this. And I am uh, I can't believe we've it's almost been five years,
1: Jim. It has, and it's amazing to see what God has done during that five years. I mean, think about it. This was a conversation over the phone we had not met each other No, just today we just, just met each other 10 right. minutes ago for And the first time. so it, it was a phone conversation after phone conversation and then we said okay let's let's try it and so we did and the uh, the response was immediate i think
0: that i was talking to somebody about this this is one of the few issues in the the christian world that's affecting uh, the 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 social issues that our country's facing with family caregivers And that it's one of the few issues I believe as Christians we get to be on the offensive about. Mm -hmm. This is the largest radio program in the world for family caregivers here on American Family. We're going into this situation. We're not reacting to it. We're not responding to it. We're actually getting out in front of it by speaking life. I just did a whole video event here that will be out later on with American Family Association about speaking life. Do we speak life to people in distress? And this was your vision uh, as well as mine, you understand the caregiving world. You've been there, you still are there, yeah, and uh, and are a recipient of some of it. That's right. And so, bring us up to speed of where you are.
1: Well, you may not know, my father-in-law died a couple of years ago. My mother-in-law lives with us, and she's still grieving. Uh, not as severe as as when he first died, but you know, there are things that it it comes up sometimes like a tsunami where a thought comes up or a memory comes up or even a a photograph comes up. And so she's still walking through that, and uh, it's taking a toll. She's more aged now, and my wife, in fact, just the other day took her to the doctor because she was shaking, and we were afraid she was dehydrated and, and other things going on. And so they wound up in the emergency room, and they did give her a couple of IVs and then uh, they, you know, they let her go home. But uh, it's one of those things that grief is very real. And if you have someone in your care group or in your family circle or even friend circle, check on them. Make sure they're okay because you you don't know what kind of day they're having. And they can always use encouragement. And, you know, if you encourage someone, you sometimes wind up encouraging yourself.
0: I think that's what happens with me. The more I say the things that we talk about on this program, the stronger I get because I'm reminding myself. I have caregiver amnesia mm-hmm. and I have gospel amnesia, so I have to remind myself of these things on a regular basis. I, I As you talk about grief, we're all going to grieve. We're all going to mourn. Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The problem is... It seems as our society, we're doing everything we can to not mourn. Right. We want to medicate that mourning by sometimes with real medication, sometimes with other things. But when you're despairing or when you're raging, you're not mourning. And so therefore the comfort won't be there. And sometimes we cry with those who cry. We grieve with those who grieve, as Scripture says. And this has been your journey with your mother-in-law, recognizing that this is part of it. She has to mourn but she's not required to despair.
1: No, and, and that's true. But unfortunately in America, we want to put a time limit on everything. You know, I can remember uh, reading and seeing through different historical shows that at one time there was a period of a year's grieving, you know, where the, the widow or the widower, they wore black for the whole year. Uh, and I think some of that did lead to despair because they weren't encouraged to have any fun. But it's one of those things that you want to hit that balance and understanding that life goes on, but also you still have to be willing to hear that person. Larnell Harris gave me some of the best advice that I've I've ever gotten, and we were talking about people in pain and what to do, and you know, he talks about all the platitudes that are used at funerals and used in, in helping each other get through things. And he said if you really want to help them, Just help them cry, you know, allow them that freedom and don't try and shut them down. Don't try and move on to the next topic because if this person is grieving and you see that and like you said, everyone's going to grieve, we don't want to be reminded of that. We want to move on to a safe place. We want to move on to a happy place. And so by doing so, we forget and leave those people behind because we have microwaves and everything can be done within a half hour.
0: I've seen this over and over and over with people that they are in a hurry to button it up because it is uncomfortable. But Scripture's not uncomfortable with our discomfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of my favorite things as a pianist to do is, um, favor's the wrong word, but one of the most meaningful things I do as a pianist is play at funerals because that's a time where the family is, is reconciling with this reality of death and what I will do is often just play hymns in such a way that it just kind of settles them down. And Martin Luther used to say, "Where words fail, music speaks." Mm-hmm. And it's uh, no Hans Christian Anderson said that Martin Luther talked about the music. Nothing exalts the soul more than uh, uh, music does, except for scripture. And and so these great hymns that people want to hear at their funerals, they don't want to hear. You know the pep rally hips, right? <laughs> they, but but I will always, and it started with my uncle, my mother's brother. The first funeral I I did I played for like this. This is back in the early '80s. I played victory in Jesus, but I slow it down. Yeah, and I spend a lot of time on each syllable of victory. In Jesus yeah. And I put Chords in it That used to Could get you Thrown out of Some churches But Right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, But I, my piano Professor liked them But I would play this I heard an old Old story About a Savior Come from glory Because I want people To remember that text Because those things Are spine stiffening And soul enriching We're, we're going to go You know Our Savior's a man Acquainted with sorrows mm-hmm. And grief and, and so we have A Savior that Understands us How are you feeling right now
1: you've had a hard year you know I have been on the program with you when you've put that question to other people and unfortunately you don't accept lip service and so now (laughs) I feel like a butterfly that's just been pinned to the wall you know some days and and I don't mean this as a cliche even though it's going to sound like it Some days are better than others. Some days you're just tired and you want to give up. And I'm not talking about on my mother-in-law or in that situation. I'm talking about the burdens of life that coincide with any type of care given, even to your wife or to your spouse. Sometimes I just get tired. And because of that, um, it's easy to see that, why it takes such a toll on a single individual who who may also be tired
0: i i get that and and weary but and we're going to come back to that in the next segment because i I want to pause on this moment jesus said come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and what does that mean to us for those who are weary and heavy laden Mm -hmm. and you are i am and so many in this audience are but we have a savior that recognizes that Mm. And that's why we are having hope in this. That's what hope looks like, is recognizing that there's something more going on. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver, hopeforthecaregiver.com. I'm here in the American Family Radio Studios with Jim Stanley and producer Pat, who is just, she keeps us on the straight and narrow. So this is a treat for me to meet all these wonderful folks. We'll be right back.
1: In churches, in a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing.
2: In his image,
0: with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit, and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event.
2: To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. A moment of truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists.
1: Forget the show. We're not talking about a movie or TV show or a stage play, but how we interact and serve God. God wants us to communicate and serve Him, but not as a show-off so others can say how great and spiritual we are. He welcomes fasting along with prayer, but does not welcome a show in which you make yourself look ashen or gaunt as if you're really suffering for Christ. He welcomes your gift, but not a bragging or showy display. He welcomes public prayer, but not in a showy way that calls attention to yourself. He seeks prayer that is personal and fervent. Jesus wants our company and service, but not our hypocrisy. The Association of Independent
2: Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit AIM2020.com.
0: Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver. And he does know the plans he has for you. I here I'm here in the studios at American Family Radio in Tupelo, Mississippi. For the first time, getting to meet all these wonderful folks that I've engaged with now for for years. Uh, they don't come out to Montana very much, but they're wanting to have a big American Family Radio retreat out of Montana. Most of them that are hunters want to come out there. Want so to I'm, have a safari. I'm, I'm a little concerned that there'll be a militia coming up from Mississippi to Montana. But I, I love that song that Gracie sings. Uh, he knows the plans he has for you. And I just did a a video thing here that'll be out later on in the year, and I talked about God's provision and suffering, and that there is His peace, His provision. His provision is His peace purpose and his presence. And Jim, as we went to the break, I'm here with Jim Stanley, who was the f- the first person to, to bring me on here. And and he has um, finally worked himself out of the doghouse for doing so, but <laughs> got me good graces with all the higher-ups here. <laughs> no, he's he's been a great mentor and a friend through this. But as you hear those words of God's provision in suffering his peace, his purpose— presence what does that do to you knowing the kind of couple of years you've had yeah and
1: they've not been easy years well you know when you walk through that and you are at the point where your spouse becomes a caregiver to you to you know to yourself then it it's a matter of pride you know um, uh, I know that wasn't one of the peas that you had, but it's uh it's <laughs> that's a one of the peas addressed of, by that. That's right. <laughs> uh you have to get out of your own way sometimes. And so knowing that you don't walk alone and I mean this for someone who may be in that position that is a single caregiver. You know, they're the only one there, they're the only one doing the work. The rest of the family may have decided not to. And so you're the you're the one that's there. Um, it is the fact that you, as a believer, you understand you never walk alone, you know, but at the same time, I know there are people who listen to this program who don't know Jesus, but are encouraged by the fact that just knowing other people are out there walking through the same thing. I don't know how they do it. I don't know where that inner strength comes from if they don't have the presence of the Lord. Because without that presence, you seldom find his purpose.
0: My sister said this the other day. I'm, I'm gonna embarrass her. Uh but she said, I don't I don't again, I don't know how people do this without the Lord. She said, There aren't enough drugs in this world to deal with the crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean there's I don't know how people do it. And and I I, I hear what you're saying. And, and and one of the things that Milton said, the first thing that God said that was not good, this is before the fall. Mm-hmm that man was alone. And we were never meant to do this alone. We right. were never meant to live life alone. The Trinity is not alone. And I think this is the the astounding part of the plan of redemption is that Christ ripped himself from the Trinity and was truly alone, went to hell on our behalf. And God has borne all that so that we don't have to. Mm-hmm. As caregivers, this is where we are so We isolate ourselves and, yeah. and that's what you're talking about
1: When you talk about the moment of aloneness Think of the cross when Christ cried out You know, Father, why have you forsaken me? But he knew the rest of the story Even though he was truly and properly man He never stopped being truly and properly God He knew what was going to happen Because of his sacrifice And I think that's one of the reasons he wept so bitterly in the garden, if you will, is because he knew there might be people who would reject him. And we can't do that as caregivers. We have to have something inside that gives us hope or we can't give that hope. I mean, look at how long you've done this with Gracie. Okay, that hope has to come from somewhere. And now the two of you support each other. You know, you you encourage each other because you don't listen to her sing and not hear the joy that she has for her Jesus.
0: Oh, when I hear her sing, and I tell her this all the time, Gracie's body is so broken; she's just an orthopedic train wreck. But when she sings, she ain't broken. Mm. She's not broken, and I've listened to that voice for a lifetime. She had me at, you know, Me, <laughs> You know, <laughs> she and 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 I've listened to that for a lot. Li- and and as she's gotten older, even though she's had the 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 pains of life and the surgeries and all that stuff the the quality of what she sings the conviction that she brings to it and i was watching she and um, johnny erickson taught up the other night they were facetiming and johnny they was singing to gracie and just the two of them singing to each other Mm. building up one another saying this is how we're going to get through this knowing that this valley of the shadow of death is a very long valley at times But he's assured us of his presence through it. Amen. And that's his provision through it is his presence. And we keep thinking, God, bail me out of this. Get me out of this. Get me out of this. And and we hear these all too many pulpits saying, you know, victory, blessing, and breakthrough. But we don't hear them saying endurance, fortitude, perseverance. That's where the victory is. And James talks about that in the Book of James with that crown of life for those who persevere there's something different that's not just life eternal, which is extended to all of us through Christ. There's something different about that, some type of well, i don't know what that means a crown of life. I remember Gracie got some crowns on her teeth a while back, and <clears throat> we were coming home from the dentist, and she was kind of licking her teeth and saying, "You know feeling how it felt and she said, "Do you have crowns?" She looked at me and she, "Do you have crowns i said not in this life, baby, but I'm assured <laughs> I'm getting it with the next. <laughs> she didn't think it was nearly as funny as right, I did. but right.
1: Uh, <laughs> she well, reached over
0: and slapped me
1: on the head. <laughs> you know, the, the crown of life uh, works hand in hand with the tree of life. And we know that that tree was Christ, and he continues to, to do that. And so the crown of life is that of eternity. And so what we see here, what we walk through here, is but a little while in fact it's interesting the word vapor comes to mind because bert came by my office earlier and his son is a, in the a ministry called vapor and they're going he and his grandson are going to not bert but the son and the the grandson are going to kenya here in just a little while and so the ministry is named vapor our life is but a vapor but if we have endured if we have overcome through Christ, if we have relied on his presence so that we might persevere, persevere, sorry. Well, we're pressing, we're we're pressing we're in pres- and persevering.
0: That's, <laughs> That's right. persevere. That's, That's a new it, word. There you go. Jim Stanley made Jim, it up right there, here, y'all.
1: Right here on Hope for the Caregiver. <laughs> and so uh, when when we see that, we look forward to that time when he wipes away that final tear and we enter into eternity. That never said, Let me be clear about this. The Scriptures never says there's not any crying in heaven. But the promise is that the Father himself will wipe away the tears from our eyes, and we will be in fellowship with him forever.
0: I was reading in we'll this. We'll have an altar call in a minute. We, I was reading in this, and it just dawned on me, all the riches in Christ are ours. We're joint ears. It was astonishing to 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 to. Just consider that for a moment. Everything that is his, that, that is his, will be ours when we're with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We were created a little lower than the angels, but in glory, we are elevated to joint heirs. We're sons of God. Right. And I, it was astonishing to even think about that. And I, I know that sometimes when we're dealing with the drudgery of this in our life, it's 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 almost like Pollyanna to think about it. But if we can just Hold on to this thought. A very good friend of mine told me this. We live in the moment, but we have the perspective of eternity, which Mm -hmm. gives meaning to the moment. And if we could just hang on to that thought in these worst of times, knowing that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. Now, that's I've heard a lot of preachers talk about that. I haven't heard a lot of people who took care of a wife suffering for 40 years talk about it. Right. (laughs) And so there is a difference of context. And this is what has sustained me. This is why I play a lot of the old hymns that I do. This is what has stiffened my spine. When you struggle with these things that you're struggling with right now, Jim, which are very real, what do you hang on to? What verse, what hymn, what what what? what grabs you and stiffens your spine?
1: Again, I have been pinned to the, <clears throat> the cork board. Pat, you um, can jump
0: in and rescue him if
1: you yeah. need to. <laughs> I think that, As far as music, you know, I go back. There are a lot of great praise and worship songs out right now. I want to be clear about that. Uh, There's some beautiful music that's out there. But I tend to go back to it as well. Sorrows
0: like sea billows roll, Mm -hmm. whatever, my Lord.
1: Knowing what that man had walked through, to have penned that song, and to have given God glory through it all, you know that's that's one of those things that we have to rely on uh, a couple of friends of mine in the industry and I'm privileged to call them friends Keith and Kristen Getty they did a remake of it as well and oh my goodness the video with that you know you see the sea bellows mm. roll you see the different things and then the promise they're they're up on a cliff overlooking some of the ocean Uh, And you see the promise that there is a foundational stone, and it is well there. And so for me, that's one of the songs that I cling to. In spite of everything else, it's not up to Jim Stanley. Jim Stanley can do what he can and can't do, and that's his limitations. But with the Creator, there are no limitations. Now, I want to say this, too. I'm sorry, I know you were ready. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I want to say this, too. You're my boss, Jim. Yeah. Right. That doesn't mean that Christ promised it would be easy. In fact, he promised the opposite. That's right.
0: He said it would be it That's would be right. hard.
1: In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. And I don't I, I again I it's not super spiritual, not spooky spiritual. It's in the book. Here's what it says. It, that's right. And if you have a problem with that, take it up with Jesus. He's the one that
0: said it. Well, and this is why I take this show the way I take it is because I, I, I want to say these things to hopefully give some bedrock, point people to bedrock. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna, I, I, here's here's what solid ground looks like as we do these things, knowing that we are going to weep. We are going to be struggling with these things. And, and I know this. Gracie certainly knows it. But the purpose of this is not to take away those things and make you feel better. The purpose of all this is for us to be better Mm -hmm. and healthier. Not trying to be happy, happy, happy all the time, but be healthy, healthy spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, professionally, all of the above. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We're talking with Jim Stanley, who is responsible for me being (laughs) on the air at at American Family Radio with this program, Hope for the Caregiver. And I'm very grateful for him. Don't go away. We got more to go. We'll be right back. And hey,
2: running
1: down, I missed the last two steps. And I fell and broke my back. And I did not have to have surgery.
2: Have you ever been encouraged by AFR? I
1: tell you, it's a miracle how that was.
2: Whether it's a life-changing event or just a helpful voice in your day, we'd like to hear how AFR has been there for you. Call 877-876-8893 and tell us your story. That's 877-876-8893. Praise the Lord and thank God for AFR. Jenna Ellis in the morning.
0: You need to be very concerned about what your children are being exposed to if they go to a public school or even if they go to a Christian school. Parents are not just allowed. They have a constitutionally
3: protected fundamental right that is God-given To direct the education, well being, and faith options of their children.
2: Jenna Ellis in the morning, weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio. I feel so hopeless. Hopeless. Is there any hope? I I just feel like there's no hope at all. Is there any hope? hope? Get hope
1: last friday night i was asked to talk on the devastating effect of pride and the positive spiritual effects of humility
2: that's twr president
1: lauren libby now humility in a true spiritual sense is realizing who i am in light of who god is and then recognizing that i'm ultimately a servant a body in which the holy spirit dwells and i'm becoming more like jesus as i live in his awareness and presence Aggressive humility, aggressively taking action for the Lord, and yet living in humility, realizing that Jesus is the authority of my life is a secret to a healthy spirit and heart. Being healthy spiritually gives rise to hope. Need more hope?
2: We have resources waiting for you, including a free devotional. You'll find them at GetHopeRadio.com. That's GetHopeRadio.com. There will be times when your peace can be. Fine. Welcome back to Hope
0: for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. You this is Peter Christ. Rosenberger. Glad to have you with us, hopeforthecaregiver.com. I am here at the uh, American Family Radio studios in Tupelo, Mississippi for the first time, even though I've been on the air with American Family for a long time, but it's my first time down here. And while I'm here, I'm getting to meet. So many of the folks who I've interacted with, and one of them is Pastor Bert Harper. He is here in the studio with me. I was on his show exploring the word a while back, and now I get to see his face. And, and how sadly, he, sadly he gets to see my face. And uh, and then of course, always is producer Pat's with us, and she is uh, over here manning the board or womaning the board. I don't know if that's the right. I don't know how you say it anymore these days, Pat. <laughs>
2: I'm just pushing the buttons.
0: <laughs> she's she's Lord knows I understand about pushing buttons. I am uh Bert, I'm thrilled to have you here. You've been uh forty years preaching the gospel. You also involved heavily with missions, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit on your program uh later on. But uh, tell me this. When you are you you have a a passion for special needs ministries to be developed by churches. I walked into my bank a while back, and I saw a sign in in the bank that said, we are an autism-friendly zone. And, and I said, well, there's got to be a story behind that. And so I asked them, I said, well, they said, well, we have a special room and special training. We have special toys in case the kids kind of freak out so that the, the, the mothers can feel comfortable there, because it can be very traumatic when a child with autism gets Unsettled in an unfamiliar environment, and I thought, why is the bank a place of commerce doing this, and churches are not? Mm. And I thought, and I and I actually had the because it's hard work. Well, it is
3: hard work. You know, we love to do that which is easy, and uh, and part of it is having volunteers or people to man it. That is what I found the key to be. If you find some people who fall in love with Jesus, and most of the people who start these ministries is because there is an experience in their There's life. There's a story. And uh, the the church that I'm most familiar with with special needs. Uh, two ladies, and they've been on my program, Exploring Missions, before, matter of fact, uh, that they just had special need kids in their life, and they read about it. They started, the pastor got behind it, the the it was a Baptist church, so the deacons got behind it, and now it is is they do not to shine for special needs, you know. Well, how uh, is
0: that any different than missions? Yeah, it, it is, is missions. missions.
3: It is listen, they've reached out to more people than you could ever dream, and uh, people driving, you know, an hour or so to get there because their child is cared for and loved. That's the main thing, and safe. Loved, cared for, and safe. What a combination!
0: It, it is, and, and families with special needs children, particularly and I, my my brother and sister in law, they have a daughter that's that way, with with cerebral palsy, thirty four years old, and they the whole family is is cocooned in a loving church like that. It's not just for the child, it's for the whole, because they feel, because so many people feel ostracized. They feel like, well, if I have something going on like this, then obviously God is displeased with us. We've got bad theology out there. And there is a lot of bad theology. And when you build a program like this, this is such an act of faith. It's such an act of missions. It is such a uh, representation of good theology in Scripture. Jesus says, you know, let them come. Go out to the highways and the byways, drag them in and let people know that they are loved, cared for and safe. And this is the heart of what so much of what you're doing now. Talk a little bit about that.
3: Well, the first thing I remember about having a special needs person in the congregation where I was, uh, there was these two individuals and uh, husband and wife. And they had a son who was 40 something years old, but mentally he was about a six year old and so what they did they came to church every other week now she was a presbyterian he was a baptist so i was a baptist so he came to our church every other week and then he would stay with his child and then she would go to her church and we developed a close close relationship i would go and visit them and I said, we, "Would you consider bringing him?" And he said, "We have at this point in time, uh, we don't feel like that we could even manage it, but, you know, getting there." And so my heart started at that point in times when my heart was started seeing the need for special needs ministry. And we tried some, we got some, but again, the biggest deal that I found out was manning and having the needs met, having people there. And so we tried that. We did some and had an accomplishment. But the greatest success story was uh, about four years ago. I was at a church, and their ministry was just, listen, the church caught a vision. A church needs to get a vision. But guess what? Uh, it may not be the pastor that has the vision. It may be someone else that has the vision. But the pastor needs to be there pumping it, promoting it, and and sharing in it. And, and helping uh, that's people what see
0: the, the scriptural foundation for this. Okay. The, because
3: this is what Jesus said. Yes, it is. <laughs> and this is we're gonna have to answer for it. <laughs> we are. Now I, I just wanna tell you, Jesus saw the special needs. I've been preaching at the past at church where I'm interim pastor, the seven miracles that Jesus did in the book of John. And just about every one of those was special needs. Blindness, lame. Jesus took care of them. Jesus ministered to them. And then you say, well, who's responsible? Well, when Jesus was on the cross, he was the oldest. He was the eldest. He was the firstborn. So, guess, and, and Joseph probably had died by then. That's what most of us think. And so it's his responsibility to take care of his mom. And now his four brothers that we know he had were not followers of Jesus at that time. So from the cross— Jesus took care of a need in Mary's life when he said, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. From that time forth, John, the apostle, took care of Jesus' mother. And he says, Is that special? Yeah, it was a widow. It was a widow. Widower ministries, that's one. Those that have physical difficulties, those that have issues, uh, autism in other areas. And usually it's somebody that has been hurt, and they they have felt the pain, and now they want to help others.
0: A reporter asked me one time, what would Jesus do as a caregiver? And I said, well, I don't know what he would do. Let me tell you what he did do. And, I told <laughs> and that, what he's doing. And I told that story of him taking care of his mother from the That's cross. It. He That's stayed it. on message for what he was supposed yes. to do. And he was sent here to do, but he also took care of his mother. And I think that you're right. that the, the church has—we're we're in a— we're in a real crossroads with our churches we have preached this prosperity and this uh, abundant life and all these things and we have we have the riches of Christ that are afforded to us but right now we have some very very painful things we have to walk through as a people yeah. and in this world there's uh, there's brokenness there's sorrow there's heartache and if we're not light and salt to this then what are we
3: doing jesus said look out into the fields or a white to harvest and pray, therefore. And pray, therefore. Guess what's what to harvest? Special needs. And, and special needs,
0: by definition, will isolate families. They don't feel comfortable coming. Right. And children may act weird or family. I've I got a lady in our church uh, where we live, and she's a wonderful fiddle player. They call it fiddle out there, but I call it violin still. But she's she is a wonderful player. She has dementia. And I have her play every Sunday with me. And I, I, I told her husband, I said, and she kind of wanders a little bit. Don't care. I'll handle the heavy lifted, but her music is beautiful. It's one of the last things to go when you have dementia is yeah. your music if if that's been a part of your life. And so she gets in place, she doesn't use any music. She plays by ear. And I'm I mean I'm a pianist by training. That's what I do. And and um and I'm the music minister of the church. And I told the pastor, I said, if we're known in this community as a church that allows a woman with dementia to play her violin and worship the Lord. I'm good with that. <laughs> and we've got a, another girl that comes, she's got she's got developmental disabilities. She's 25 years old. She comes and she brings she holds onto her baby doll and yeah. sits on the front row. Amen. And I said, if we're known as a church that is welcoming to this, we don't really need to worry about fundraising or anything else as a church. Jesus said, do this. Let Jesus worry about the fundraising. <laughs> you do what
3: he said <laughs> do. <Amen. laughs> and hey, and it's my, a privilege yeah, to do it. One of my favorite stories is by Dr. James Dobson. His mother had dementia later on in her life, and there was a group of people that went to the nursing home where she was staying, and they were singing. There was a singing group, and they started singing. Uh, His mom didn't even know Dr. Dobson sometimes, but when they started singing these old familiar hymns, she started singing perfect alto. I mean, not just the, you know, not the melody, but the alto, she was an alto, and she hit that. And I've I've been there. You talking about you being a pianist? I've been at care facilities, and they all, I've seen them wheelchair a lady in, and didn't recognize a lot, but put her at a piano, and she starts playing. It is music with special needs. There there's a connection there. It's like when I, again a Dr. Dobson story about horses that have been uh, hurt and you know mistreated with autistic children, there's, there's been a connection there. And so pain, people who have experienced pain and has had relief and had some comfort, guess what? They will comfort others. That's what Jesus said, with the same comfort you've been comforted with, comfort others. And uh, that's what I observed in the churches that have special needs.
0: When my wife had this big surgery she had last year in her back, and um, it was a pretty significant event. And the anesthesiologist was meeting with her prior to the surgery to go over all of her med list and, you know, what do they do and so forth. And, and she said, what's your pain level now? And Gracie told her. And, and then she said, well, and she's writing notes. And she said, what helps you with your pain? And Gracie was very quiet. She said, singing. And I, I mean, it was just one of those moments I just, you know, it's like time stopped because we don't realize – what could happen with our music? And I asked this this woman. I had her on a show. She had couple uh, two children with autism. And I said, if you could say one thing to pastors across the country, what would it be? She said, I got two things. One of them is turn down the music. Don't don't blare it out. Just bring it down. The volume down. Not don't yeah. turn it off. Just bring the volume down. Yeah. And the second thing is turn down some of the lights. You know, so that it's not so overpowering. But there are ways we can minister to these families. That,
3: that are so easy how hard is it just to turn the music down just a hair well you see that with little children I, i've been when i've gone to be a part of a worship in places sitting on the front row be on the back row and see children cover their ears because the music is too loud i said they need to bring it down about two or three notches yeah bring two or three notches
0: that's a good <laughs> word this is peter rosenberger this is hope for the caregiver we're talking with pastor burt harper He has a program here on this network, Exploring the Word and also Exploring Missions. And we're going to talk some more about this when we come back. Hope for the Caregiver, hopeforthecaregiver.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? I've had that privilege many times through our organization, Standing with Hope. When my wife, Gracie, gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had, as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and if it just wouldn't work out, and finally she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then she had this vision for using prosthetic limbs as a means of sharing the gospel, to put legs on her fellow amputees, and that's what we've been doing now since 2005 with Standing with Hope. We work in the West African country of Ghana, and you can be a part of that through supplies, through supporting team members, through supporting the work that we're doing over there. You could designate a limb. There's all kinds of ways that you could be a part of giving the gift that keeps on walking at standingwithhope.com. Would you take a moment to go out to standingwithhope.com and see how you can give. They go walking and leaping and praising God. You could be a part of that at standingwithhope.com. Raising
2: Godly Boys with Mark Hancock. A deck of cards could teach your son an
3: important lesson. Remember the card games you played growing up? Go fish, hearts, nerds, or spades? Search the internet if you need a refresher on the rules, make your son's favorite snack, and find a deck of cards. It's time for a family game night. As you play with your son, you'll teach him several important lessons. He'll learn to listen and follow
2: rules as you teach him the game. As you play, he'll practice staying focused. And as you
3: win or lose, you'll show him how men can do both gracefully and humbly. And more than anything, putting aside your work and chores to play a game with your son will make him feel loved and valued. For more ideas on raising boys to be godly men, visit
2: Trail F USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Dig deeper with free resources at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com. He will be strong to deliver me safe and the joy.
0: Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver. That is my wife, Gracie. I was just talking about in the last segment how she said singing helps her deal with her pain, and that's Gracie and Russ Taff, and that's her dealing with her pain, saying the joy of the Lord is my strength. I am here in the studios of American Family Radio in Tupelo, Mississippi, and it's such a treat, and I'm getting to see all these faces attached to the voices that I've been working with for five years. And one of those is Pastor Bert Harper. He is here with us. I wanted to ask you something very specific. You've been in the ministry now for over 40 years. You're Right now you're serving as supply and interim because you've kind of somewhat retired from full time. And you said you would like to have started off doing interim and supply. It's a lot easier. You don't have to work with
3: as many deacon committees and well, everything else. Uh, you know, usually the gifts God gives you uh, they're a pleasure, but the things that you have to work at sometimes, you know, you have to. And, and this, Indeed. Yeah, that's, that's life, isn't it? How has ministry, pulpit ministry, church ministry,
0: the organized church, in your heart, in your thoughts, what's changed
3: over 40 years for you? Well, it's always a struggle to live in a fallen world. That does not change. But two things have really made it different, and one of them is access to that which can hurt you so much. Growing up in my years, in the 60s a little bit, and in the 70s, you know, yeah, you could get into trouble, uh, but most of the time it did not lead to death unless it was a car accident. But today... The issues that young people face, young adults face, marriages face, they're so destructive. They're horrible. It has, the Bible says, it shall get worse and worse as you see the day approaching. I think it has to do with the amount of availability, the people, the number of people. So the heartache, the marriages breaking up. I remember the first time, and this is in the 70s when we had a divorce that took place in the church where I was pastoring. And it was like, what in the world do we do? Divorce, we can't have that. And now, 40 years later, it is commonplace. Mm-hmm. So the home, the listen, the home was around before the church ever came into existence, you know? And the Jewish nation has been active The synagogues weren't always there, and the temple hadn't been there forever, but the Jewish religion, not just the culture, but the Jewish religion is still there. Why? The basis of the Jewish religion is the home. In the early 1900s, the
0: divorce rate was like about 10%. Yeah. And when it went up to 25%, I remember there was a quote I read. uh, I can't remember who said it, but he said, this is is going to tear apart this country. No country can stand when you have that many homes fragmenting. And now look at what it is, and in the families with disabilities, and this is where I think the church has a real opportunity here, special needs families, any type of disability in the family, the divorce rate is almost 90%. I mean, it's just, the the pressure's on them. What would you say to a young pastor, getting ready to start, or who is feeling the call of the Lord to go and do this, and they're, they're on their... Those first steps on that journey. What would you say to them?
3: Well, you got to do what Jesus said first. He said, "Feed my sheep." That is the word of God, and if you will consistently preach the word of God, uh, there, there's this thing, topical or expository. Uh, you know, I I'm more of expository, but I called it textual preaching, uh, not word by word, because very few. Preachers that I've ever heard can do that effectively without repeating themselves over and over and kind of getting monotonous. But you can take a text wherever you are. Like sun, this past Sunday, I preached from all of John chapter 9, and it's about the man born blind, special needs, who was healed by Jesus Christ in their reaction. Feed my sheep. I want to just tell you, you don't do it, get it past. The other is be an example to the flock. If you're not going to be a living example to the flock, you don't need to pastor. If you can't live your life, not perfect, but in the direction of following God. And the third thing I'd say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, It's a command. The filling of the Holy Spirit's not optional. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, that word filling, we think about it being a container. Pouring something in it and filling it up. That's not the word. The word is a nautical term, like filling the sails of a boat. Now, what's the spirit? What's another name for the spirit? Wind. wind. Ruach. Exactly. And so, what does the wind do to those sails? It fills them, it empowers them, it directs propels them, propels them. It really does. So, I listen, uh, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Be an example to the flock. I mean, you, uh, yeah, you. they didn't hire you to visit everybody and nobody else visit, but you're to be an example of visiting. You're, you're to be an example of caring for the ones that are special needs. You're an example to them, and be filled with the Spirit. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly, and that happens when the Holy Spirit of God indwells you, and then he will fill you, and guess what else? He will anoint you for the task that he has for you. Uh, that's a very good word because there are a lot of young
0: men that are going into the pulpits now and i don't envy them uh because it's a, it's a it has to be a calling it has to be cause that's the
3: reason a lot drop out uh they think it is and it doesn't last and uh you know there's easier ways to make a living <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> what is
0: a uh, Two last questions here, and a little bit of time we have left. What is uh, a verse that has defined your ministry for you?
3: Being confident of this very thing, that he who he began, began a good, good work, work in you good. will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1, 6, and then one twenty. The It talks about it, but the last of it, whether it be by life or by death, that Christ would be glorified in my body. And uh, the ultimate purpose of a believer it's to glorify the Lord, to have joy in Him, enjoy Him forever. But it's to bring Him glory. Uh, and everybody's personality is different. I'm kind of out there, you know. I'm is not, that true, Pat? I'm is he kind of qui- out there? I'm not. <laughs> I, my demeanor is not quiet.
0: Y'all can't, y'all can't see this because, it's, of course, it's radio. But I'm watching him as he said that verse, and I watched the passion and the emotion just overtake him. Uh, while he's saying this, and that's something that's, that, that's imprinted on his soul. Yeah.
3: Personality, you know, uh, a person that is more quiet in their demeanor, uh, they're be like filled- me. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. They can be <laughs> quiet and still be filled with the Spirit. Your, your personality is not defining whether you're filled with the Spirit or not. Uh, being filled with the Spirit uses the personality that you have to glorify God. No matter, I use Gary Smalley's, The animals, I don't know. You lion, the otter, the beaver, and the golden retriever. Oh, was the
0: dodo bird. Okay, okay.
3: Well, I, I am, I am an otter in the pulpit. I'm just otter. Okay. O d d o d d r. And so, whatever personality you are, let God use it. Don't don't try to mimic someone else. Be just let God be yourself. Be everybody else yourself. is taken. Exactly. And uh, last thing,
0: what's a hymn? That has defined your ministry I And my dad's a minister And okay. one of, one of the, his That really has defined who he is Is Balm
3: and Gilead yeah, I understand that Mine is a combination I guess my favorite music Is taking hymns of the old And getting a little tweak on them And I love My Chains Are Gone Amazing Grace My, my, my chains. chains Are Gone Think about that That's when When that was written you're talking about a man coming out of a slave trade, a man that was going blind, amazing grace, these I see. And then they added, my chains are gone. I've been set free. Freedom. I know I'm getting loud here, but the liberty. The Pat, li- is, he, is he peeking <laughs> on the board there, Pat? <laughs> Let's just say he's never shy. <laughs> the liberty that Jesus Christ gives you is two things. To be yourself in Christ Jesus. That's who we're to be. Uh, everything else, you don't you know, to mimic someone. You don't need to imitate anyone. Be yourself in Christ and let him. And I love that song because my chains are gone. I've been set free. Uh,
0: I, I I do a thing every now and then. I'll, I'll reference 25 hymns that every Christian ought to know. And uh, and I'll play them when I have the caregiver keyboard. But I don't have the caregiver keyboard here today, Pat. Uh, we have to get a keyboard in here. But I... Um, one of the ones I just did at church on Sunday, and uh, I serve as the music minister of this little church out in Montana, and um, they're very gracious to allow me to do so. But it was, uh, To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son who yielded atonement. And, and then that second verse is the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Mm. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then, and can it be that I should gain, my chains fell off, is what Charles Wesley said. <laughs> and uh, and I love these hymns because they have, they, they have stood longer. The test of time. They have. And yeah. I don't mean to be cliche about it, but I try to play them in a way that doesn't. But it. they were new at one time.
3: They were new at one time. So So what you do. I use this passage. We need to sing treasure music. The treasure is Jesus. Okay, you make much of the treasure, whether it's old or whether it's new. That doesn't matter. And the reason there's so many good old hymns, more than there are the new ones, the bad ones have been weeded out, well, and what's left are the are the good. You catch what I'm saying? I do. And
0: and I always ask people, say, what do you want played at your funeral? And and you don't want a bunch of pep rally songs. You want to have you know, songs that are reflective That are strong, that are sustaining You know, I've played in my years I've been playing the piano for a long time And when your dad's a minister You get conscripted into being the piano player For a lot of different services I've never had anybody want to play something Kind of riff-raff at, yeah, a, at a funeral They want to have those solid
3: hymns of the faith yeah. And I love that though My chains fell They're off gone. They're gone they, my that, chains Just are think gone. about that, man and I, I have to admit, some of the newer ones is as good as the old one. I, I, I can only imagine, will you dance or stand? I think you're going to do the opposite of what you do down here. So when I get before Jesus, I'm going to be stiff as a board because I've never been that <laughs> way before. And then, can you imagine some of these people that's so stiff now? They're going to be set free. Can you
0: imagine? (laughs) Amen. It's going to be wonderful. It is. Pastor Bert Harper, this is Peter Rosenberg. This is Hope for the Caregiver, hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for being with us.
3: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.